Welcome to Miami. Bienvenidos a Miami. Miami You're now listening to MIA Radio. Who put this thing together? DJ Kev, DJ Zaya. Let me holler at my real Miami motherfuckers. If you get really good at DJing or really anything, that's on your own merit. That's because you put in that hard work and that dedication. When you look back, you know, how do you spend your life? Like, you know, what's your legacy? All that kind of stuff. When you think about it like that, you really just got to stick to doing you. Damn. Episode 69. Episode 69. Starts with no intro. Straight up. No intro. It's MIA radio. Keep it middle school. Episode 69, bro. Trying to be immature here. Immature, right? (laughs) Damn. So we're back. Episode 69, MIA radio. DJ Kaz. DJ Zaya. Special guest in the building. Special guest in Miami legend. Miami legend. Hero. Hero, yeah. I'll say hero. Yeah, one of the dudes that, you know, I mean, I think every up and coming DJ should look up to. Uh, DJ Immortal, DJ what Immortal in the building, the one and only. Oh, thanks, guys. In the Scratch DJ Academy yes, building, we are live at Scratch Academy in Hollywood, Florida. What's the up? New, the new, the new, yeah. I mean, new and improved Scratch Miami. New, um, yeah, it's been what two years? This, this has been one yep. year, or two years, two, two years. and a half years in, in Hollywood so far. There we go. Yeah, so yeah. We're at the new, newish location. Uh, yeah, and Immortal, you are. I mean, I'll give my perspective and then you can give us your intro i mean immortals the guy the scratch academy scratch guy scratching guy uh he's one of the dudes he's one of like since i've been in miami the guy that set an example pushes the culture forward does all the summits and everything dj related you know we've done uh link ups together we had trays at the old at in winwood and we always communicated and whatnot he's he's one of the top dudes to me in the city so immortal introduce yourself i appreciate that man Nah, thank you guys for having having me on the podcast. This is actually the very first podcast I've ever done. So, nice. like, you know, appreciate you giving, giving me the opportunity. Yeah, right. Popping my uh, podcast cherry yeah. today. Okay, um, but uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Uh, DJ Immortal Miami. Um, like you said, been doing Scratch DJ Academy for a long time, fifteen years now. So, been blessed with that opportunity, and I'm uh, still out here every day, keeping it moving trying to um you know uh progress in djing and also like uh give back to the culture a lot right. too and like help as many people as i can come up out here and just like you know use the resources around me and just everything that i've done over the last 20 plus years djing in south florida and just yeah. um always on something new always trying to do something you know figure out my next uh mission right so. no exactly that's that's the mindset to have you know like we I were we were talking off the air sorry no go ahead go ahead we were talking off the air you know about like reinventing yourself and refinding ways you know music changes and everything changes and if you want to stay and complain about something you know you're going to stay and complaining you know you got to keep it moving and keep changing you know you and that's one thing i've seen you do you know like you you've always done scratch stuff and then you know, you're always, you move in your own way, which is dope, which is. And I think that's why we wanted you to have you on the podcast, because, I mean, you've been doing it for so many years, and some people might not know who you are in Miami, but we definitely want people to know, because, I mean, like like we said, we you've been doing it for a long time, so we kind of want to hear your story of how you just started DJing and how you've gotten here. Yeah. From, from no. the early days, if you want to break it down. Yeah, for sure. No, it's, it's, it can be hard, like, after doing this for so many years to, like, keep the same energy and the same passion and bring all that to each gig you know it's definitely tough i mean a lot of my friends and and guys you know you know dj five six nights a week and it's 
it's a lot you know to yeah. that lifestyle and just like just constantly having that energy bring into every gig um so i try to position myself to to do things that inspire me keep me like alive and, and moving and and uh you know whether it's like a new genre of music that comes out or a new place i'm djing something that keeps me going and then i take breaks from like um being really into like my party rocking then back into like my turntablism and my routines and then back into production i just kind of like jump around a lot just to stay motivated and like you know keep keep pushing forward so uh i think if you get stuck in in just the same cycle djing the same places over and over and over and over same music same crowd it just takes its toll on you and then you got a lot of people that just don't really enjoy what they're doing right. anymore and it becomes like, a job yeah and it's okay it's, it could become a job and could be like but it, but more than that you know when you've been doing something for so long it's like not just your job or what you do is like who you are this is like exactly. this is like your life this right. is your has to align with what you yeah when you look back you know how do you spend your life like you know what's your legacy all that kind of stuff like so when you think about it like that you really just gotta um be you and like stick to stick to doing you yeah. and you can't like you know change to try to stay mm -hmm. uh, impress other people exactly. or stay relevant or in this and that you just do what you like right you know i think that's super important that you're saying that cause yeah I'm it's wild like everything you're saying is so true and like things that i've learned throughout the years you know zaya's you know obviously like same thing you know he's, we've all learned throughout the years and as a dj i think you know a lot of djs a lot of younger djs to me like like they think they know it but they don't know it until you find your true identity until you find the lane that you're like completely happy in you know we've all done all kinds of gigs for money or all different stuff that's not us or you know we've all been in that position but like when you start to kind of like find yourself and do what you want because that's what you want to do and you know you find interest in something new like you said and you go through that lane because you want to do it it just the outcome is way better and way different and everything just kind of flows better in, in life, you know? For sure. So. I found the same thing. Like every time I'm unsure and I'm like, man, are they going to like this? Or is this crowd going to be there? Or yeah. maybe I start second guessing myself, like what I should do. Um, I usually always come back to like, man, fuck it. I got to yeah. do me and that's yeah. all I can do. This, this is what I've been practicing. This is what I've been working on forever. I got to just, you know, this is me, love it or hate it, right. whatever. And I'm always glad I did it. Right. Uh, it always ends up working out like perfect, like fortunately. Yeah. Even when it comes to like song selection, sometimes I'm like, man, should I do it? Is this too much? Is it too ballsy? And, you, and then I do it and it's like. And it's also the energy of how you do it. That's that's something that I've always looked into. Like when you take a risk and I've, I've applied it a lot more into my DJing. Like if I'm playing a song that I really like and I think it's not going to work, you're going to see me really enjoy it. And when people look up to me, it's like, damn, all right, well, the DJ really fucks with this. Yeah, and it changes the vibe. <laughs> you're forcing that shit to work. You're like, kinda yo, I'm like making this work. <laughs> forcing it, but it's kind of like, yo, if I'm like, if 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 I like the song that I'm playing and the vibe and I'm vibing, it's kind of contagious. Like For people sure. are gonna kind of like, and vice not, versa too. Yeah, you're not like, confident in it. Exactly. Might, exactly. Dude, dude, definitely. That's what I was saying about like bringing that same energy to every gig, even after all these years, because like. We all have bad nights sometimes where yeah. we're like tired, we're not feeling good, our mind's on something else, and it's like... Or our life yeah. affects the nightlife. You know, exactly, like, like, and like that shit is infectious. Yeah. Like people can tell, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, even if you're doing a similar set that you've done many times, like it just, everything just feels a little bit different. The night's going by slower. Yeah. Um, people aren't vibing as, as much because cause your vibe is, is a little weird, yeah. you know? 
but you know when you go out and you just got this great energy and you're excited um you're flying through tracks you know your vibe's good you're having a lot of fun the people feel that yeah, it's you know, it goes like you through the that. music into their ears and like yeah. they just like you said if you're having a good time it definitely adds to the vibe and yeah and carries you know. over yeah plus you want to you know everything's more fun when you're when you're having fun exactly <laughs> exactly yeah, simple as simple as that um so if you want to tell us about the early days of dj immortal um you come up like man what um, what what you can remember 90s <laughs> yeah i mean there's the long story there's a the short story i mean it's uh i mean i i started djing actually and well i moved i moved to south florida in 1990 okay um from new york and that's when i really got exposed to miami bass two live crew right. dj laz like the whole miami sound right and back then like in, you know it was like fifth grade or fourth fifth grade like you know so, so um in the 90s is where i really like grew up middle school and high school yeah and when i first got here you were like a baser or a metalhead back then right you were right. baser you had like the baseline shaved in the side of your head and everything and like all that or wow. you or you were like a metalhead that you listened to like you know like metallica yeah. and, and like rock and all that other stuff and in new york i listened to everything like yeah. beastie boys run dmc was my shit but i also listened to like def leppard and like poison and like all the 80s yeah. rock just just everything always been a huge fan of like the older music um but yeah that's that's when i got exposed to all it this the miami sound and then that whole like uh you know golden era of hip-hop was going on and right the golden era of alternative music was going on yeah, amazing when you look back it's like so much was going on yeah. then. it was like the best decade yeah for the 90s i'm like a huge 90s like like insane 90s like person and like any genre even like the 90s into like the early 2000s like Cflo sent me the the top Billboard songs from 2002, and it was like every single genre, like in 2001, 2002, every single genre. You had dance music, you had Spanish, you had Ricky Martin, you had Destiny's Child, you had Backstreet Boys, you had Metallica, you had everything. Everything was pop. So I mean, that's sorry, I just got sidetracked. No, you, but like in the 90s, it was a golden era, and then like it kind of became towards the end. It, some of the those genres became popular. You yeah, know, pop it was, music. It was like this this age of open format, I yeah, think, right. because back in the day when I was younger, I remember I would really hold on to specific genres, and everyone was like, "Yeah, you know, I only fuck with this or I only fuck yeah. with that." And then as you get older, you're like, people just started liking everything. Yeah, you have this like huge electronic movement happening in South Florida in like ninety four, ninety five, ninety six, like the rave scene yeah. taking over. At the same time, the hip hop doing really well alternative just everything was just thriving at right. that point so i think you know ever since then people nowadays are more open i think in general to all genres and like they don't just corner themselves into yeah. just liking one thing and i always tell people that it's funny because this is what i related to always and, and i i'm pretty sure i've mentioned this before when i was i was living in texas in the mid 2000s and that's when pitbull came out and p people knew pitbull from like the rap stuff but they heard Pitbull over, um, what was the original, like 75 Street Brazil. When he started doing all like the up-tempo stuff, people were so confused in these other in these other uh, states and stuff. But I told him, I'm like, growing up in Miami, you would hear all this music. Like when he did Cream, or was it Crazy, over the Cream, that old school Cream house song, mm -hmm. I was like, yo, like they used to play that song on the radio, like on Y100. Like people didn't understand that in Miami, these like, all these genres of music were open 
So like we heard everything on the radio. It wasn't like, oh, this is like you only hear rap or you only hear this. You you would hear, you know, Miami bass into freestyle into into what evolved into, into Latin. Dance, even into it Latin. would all be one song. Yeah. It's all yeah. in the same song. You know, you yeah. get the Latin flavors, the hip hop, right. the electronic. You know, the bass freestyle right. all in like one track. Just, just like that so South would, Florida culture. Yeah. So you would you would hear all this music, and then what made you want to like start DJing? What was like the uh, just all the music at the time, really. I was just like huge into it. My older brother had like every every hip hop song. Um, was like a huge fan of like that boom bap '90s hip hop. Right. Um, so I just got really into like that party scene and just like the fun hip hop back in those days, like the New Jack Swing and all that kind of got stuff it. was yeah. like my shit. So me and my two buds formed like a little crew called Three PM DJs. Nice. Who's three psychomaniacs. <laughs> Uh, we were in seventh grade, um, and we DJed everyone's parties nice. for that for the whole rest of that year, seventh grade and into eighth grade. We DJed everyone's parties. Um, we had a we had a coffin with two turntables, two CD players, a tape deck. We had lights. You guys shared all of that. Yeah, yeah. We all we all pitched in. My yeah. my boy Oren, who was in the crew, his dad had one of those like electronic stores. Like oh, the flea nice, market or something. Nice. So you had like access to that all this like up. old school Gemini gear and all yeah. that. So we we formed this little DJ thing, and uh, I was the DJ, and my boy Oren would be on the microphone hyping everyone up, and my other boy Brian would be running around the the uh, crowd getting people dancing and passing out Damn, glow sticks, the host, and all that's, kinds of stuff. That's next level. Yeah. You guys were Dude, seventh yeah. grade, seventh eighth yeah, grade. Like I was, I was you twelve. Had, yeah, I was twelve. You years had old. a, you had a, uh, what's his name, uh, Jimmy Greenup from Viv, <laughs> That's his name, like, a, or uh, Anthony, uh, a hype man. Shout out to Anthony, the bunny that dances at Blackbird. <laughs> y- y'all had a hype man like in the seventh eighth grade. Like. Yeah, yeah. And what'd your parents say? You guys were twelve years old nah, running around. I mean, they, they always sort. I was my my mom always supported all this. Yeah. For me, so I was fortunate there. But yeah, we would split fifty bucks and three ways, and we loved it. We were like, was "Yo, like five thousand back yo, then." Yo, we made fifty bucks. This is crazy. Yeah. So we started doing everyone's parties, and uh, that was like my first um, little taste of DJing yeah. right there. Like the whole production, taste of the drug. Yeah. It One was, taste. It was boom. great doing whole parties. You know, setting up all the gear, and I got really hooked on it. I would be like redecorating my room like every week. Oh, now I want my speakers over here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, now I want the, the turntables here. Right. And I would just be constantly freaking. Forget about that. I think everybody did that. Right. I did that too. Everybody. Well, yeah. Once you figure out how to hook up speakers oh. and like the speaker wire and shit, yeah. and you're, you're, you're finding, you're taking shit out of the living room yeah. and like, oh, mom, I'm going to use these speakers now here. And you, once you figure out like speaker yeah. wire and shit, right. you just start, you, you're like a little scientist. I would wake up like right before school <laughs> at like 7 a.m. And, and DJ before i went to school i was so excited like yo i got a new record let me like i, I always forget those times where you're just like obsessed with like learning anything yeah, yeah. Was, that's that's exactly what i was doing in those days just trying to absorb all that um and then yeah so after that um i got really into like uh the rave scene yeah you know and i was in like different like crews like breakdance crews and stuff like that where we would we'd go out and like battle um, and then I, um, my older brother's uh, best friend Corey Styles, who I still work with today, yeah. um, he's the one who really like put me on. He helped me get my first pair of techniques. Uh, when my brother went away to college, he actually moved in with us because um, his his mom had moved away. So my mom said that he could come stay with us for a little while, and he had techniques in his room, nice. right right on the other side of the wall from my room, right. you know. 
And when I had first came up, like with with my boys, I was telling you, you know, we had the shitty Gemini. Yeah, yeah, whatever we, worked. Yeah, we just we didn't have the best equipment, but it did the trick. So now I'm he's got techniques in his room, so I'm in there messing around. And then he's got this stack of like DMC VHS tapes. Oh wow! So, so he's, he's showing just, me about Rock Raider, yeah. um, you know, Mixmaster Mike, and freaking all this shit. Hypnotized like, to the TV. Whoa. So I I took all those videos and I just watched them over and over and over. I was like, yo, I, I need to get some techniques for sure. Um, so in time, like I you know I got one technique, and then um, I got a little little tiny trick ma- trick master mixer. Mm-hmm. Um, little scratch mixer, right? And I would just scratch on top of whatever, like, cause I didn't have another turntable. Right, you just so I'd have like a tape deck plugged into that channel, right? Or, or anything. The MacGyver. You know, I'd everybody's been TV. everybody's been a DJ MacGyver. Yeah. I said that I I had a disc man, like you know I came up a little older, so like I had a disc man where I would burn CDs, and then I would kind of try to beat match, you know, whatever vinyl or whatever into that CD. Every DJ, if you haven't been a DJ MacGyver, like you're not a real DJ. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. Like, if you've never DJ with like separate, you know, one of this, one of that, or whatever, like, come on, like you haven't experienced. Like, yeah, everybody's been through that. I remember at one point I had two turntables and I had a CD Walkman under one of the turntables plugged into a channel, and uh, uh, the first generation iPod oh, hooked wow. into the other channel. So I was going back and forth between stuff I had on vinyl, yeah. stuff I had on CD, Everything. and then stuff that just came out that i would download on like uh napster right or right right share yeah, yeah, whatever whatever sharing yeah that i had on the ipod you know i couldn't drop those songs right. in on beat right so but i would it have was, to just like echo out and right. just press play or something but you made, like you made it work yeah exactly i had the brand new shit that wasn't out on vinyl yet so That's that was crazy. a weird time when we were like transitioning yeah. to, to mp3s yeah early the early 2000s was i mean until like Serato was locked in, until Serato became a, 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 a standard, you would say, for the open format guys, it was like, all right, here comes Final Scratch, here comes Torque, here comes this, here comes, all right, Thumb Dragger, we're going to just, I'll do in Thumb dr-. Like, it was just a w- madness. And then Serato was like, yo, relax. Well, this is what we're going <laughs> to do. But I use. think even that little MacGyver age that everyone went through, like, it prepared everyone. Prepared, like, of course. When Serato got here, we're like, we're like, bro, like, he just said, like, we were going iPod to, like, Walkman to turntable. To, yeah. Now we got this all in front of us. Like, Yeah, we got everything now in one system that could just do everything, even record. We used to have to set up another device to mm, record, to record yeah. a tape deck or some other sort of recording yeah. device. Now it's just all right there, so it's people don't realize how convenient how easy, this shit is. Yeah. And I remember when I first saw Serato, um, th- I was at Winter Music Conference, I think this was like 2005, 2004, and these two guys in this little booth at conference, um, I, we went up, I'm with my, my, my crew, like turntablists, and we're like vinyl guys yeah. for, for real. So we went up and, and there was like a little bit of latency on it. It was like a little delay. Yeah, it still So happened. I was like, oh man, this shit's whack. It'll never work. <laughs> yeah, this this shit ain't going nowhere, man. Like, you know, you, you guys need to figure this out. Like, we can't DJ like this. Yeah. It has to be perfectly in real time, no delay, no latency. Um, so that was that. I sort of, like, brushed it off. Um, the guys from Stanton hooked me up with the final scratch when we had first opened. That also had a little bit of delay. Right. So it just wasn't there yet. Like, it couldn't. Yeah, mix. it was a lot of kings. And, I mean, even uh, I remember somebody... One of my friends in Nicaragua had Torque, and I used that, and it was the same. It was, that one was even worse because it was like you would grab the vinyl, and then it would be like skirt, and you're like, "Yo, like this is crazy." And he's like, "Yeah, I just cue it, and I just do this, and then and they would like, crash a lot of the times too." Yeah, like oh yeah, the I computers. Mean, I don't even running. Imagine those computer like 
Imagine the laptops that we had back then with as much the energy and whatever that the software is pulling to play those big files for those small laptops, you know, like those, all those. So- I mean, now it's you know you have my terabytes, Dell, my Dell fucking brick, Inspiron, fifteen, whatever. That's what I'm saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. could not hold yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, playing ten megabyte files when your hard drive is you know five like one yeah, gig, you know, crazy. like yeah, no. When the Serato and all that mm. stuff first came out, like I didn't even have a laptop. Like not many people had laptops yeah. then. I mean, I had like a desktop computer, and I right. was like, you know trying to get on AOL and shit for the yeah. first time and stuff like even the internet was yeah. slow and everything I just it was just so far away from what I was doing with records and yeah. stuff at the time and I was so deep into like turntablism that I just wasn't I was sort of against it yeah like I was just like yo man like it was like no you, you invested know. so much time and effort into yeah the way that you've known it your whole life so it's like it's kind of I mean I see that as normal for you to feel that way because it's like fuck like imagine you know 15 plus years of like that and then boom you know it's like oh we're gonna do this now you're just like fuck like yeah it's just like when you own a song you own especially a vinyl vinyl, you know with the cover and everything Everything. it's a whole different yeah and your collection like when you're a collector like it's special you know like something like that you want to pass down to to someone else um or or with mp3s what are you gonna do just give someone your hard drive and i mean and now now it's not even mp3s now it's all gonna be streaming so it's like you don't even have a physical I mean, you never really had a physical file, but you know, it's you know whatever's gonna be in your in your crates online. You about to plug BeatSource, yeah. bro? Yeah, I'm not plugging <laughs> anybody. I'm just saying that's where the technology is going. It's every, it's I, going. Every crazy. time I plug in BeatSource, people start asking me questions, and, and the the ad the ad turns out being bad. So I'm just gonna say technology as a whole. Yeah, I I learned pretty quickly that I can't fight the progression of the yeah. technology and all that especially with opening up scratch dj academy right around that same time yeah um in those days all the students did all their sets on vinyl yeah you know so it was all vinyl so um but i realized like you know as my instructors and some of my students and everyone started using serato and uh some of the things that they were able to do um that i couldn't do yeah with vinyl or i just couldn't get the songs or whatever i just i knew like this is what i have to yeah, do Yeah, you get to a point where you're like all right Let's give this shit a try. And then yeah. Like, you start fucking with it and you're like, all right, well, I should have been on this like two years ago. <laughs> well, I jumped on pretty quick. Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah, even like six months ago, I should have had this, you know, yeah. once I yeah, actually won a DJ battle and won some cash and bought my first laptop. And nice. then with that laptop, then I got Serato. And once I started getting it going, um, I remember I did my first show. I was in um, Alabama, I think like Dothan or something. I was doing a show. Clever was there. He was performing too. He was the headliner, and I opened up for him. And it was the very first time I ever used the Serato, the laptop. Oh wow! So I did half my set, all routines with vinyl. Yeah. And then as soon as I did the routines, I, I had Serato ready to go, and then I mixed for like twenty, thirty minutes with like all alternative rock and right. stuff. Um, and it went. It worked out really, nice. really dope. It was my first time using Serato. Um, I think. Uh, I think Analyze was there too. She had her laptop, uh, another DJ. This was like, I remember Clever being like, look at all you guys with your laptops. What right. the hell's going on yeah. over here? Because <laughs> he just had a creative records, you know? And like yeah. we were and we were all just trying it for the first time. Like we, all of us just started using Serato. So we didn't fully know. Were you like em- embarrassed to take your laptop? Nah, because I had just done all my routines and everything. Oh, yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. just so like. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like you were like, just yo, like I can still do this. Yeah, like I did what they, they what I came to do. And then I jumped on. The it Serato, seemed more like, like it seemed more like a novelty back then, right? 
than like a standard. I mean, obviously not a standard, but like what you doing it wasn't you cheating or cheating or whatever. It was more of like oh shit, like like a showcase kind of thing, right? Or yeah, yeah. Okay. It, it, I just figured there wasn't as, there wasn't any pressure. You know, I did all my routines, I yeah. did my thing. Like now's a good time to like test, put this to the test right. of what I've been working on here, messing with the Sorrells. Great time to try this right. for for an audience. Mm. And ever since then, I mean, I've been using it ever since. Yeah, you the know? first time I remember the first time I saw somebody. One of the first times I saw somebody use it, it was just ski, and it was on TV. And I I see this this clip all the time. He was on the basement, and he has he was running Serato. This is on like BET the basement, and Pharrell was there. He was like DJing for Pharrell, and he's running on my mind. This is what oh six, like on Serato, and I was like, why does this guy like? I was so mind blown by like the concept of a laptop and like turntables and everything and like it was just so wild and then I saw somebody in San Antonio play with it like live and I was like this guy's like staring at the screen and it's, and that's when it would still lag too like the waves would lag like super crazy I don't know it was just so wild to yeah, think it took some time for us yeah. to all like grasp onto it and there's a lot of vinyl like purist guys out there that still like yeah. refuse to use it but you know like I said you can't you can't fight the technology. Um, I don't think Serato or really any technology is going to make like a whack DJ really good. Yeah. But I think it will make someone who's already good even, even better. better. Yeah. Because now you're, you're taking the skills and everything you've you've practiced and you've worked on. Now you have all these other um, tools. Yeah. It yeah. just opens your creativity a lot more too. It's not like doesn't make it simpler for you to DJ. Exactly. It's just like yeah. It's just tool. it's just another tool. I mean, I I don't think anybody really. I mean, there's still, like you said, those vinyl guys, but if you're if you're rocking a party, like, I'm all about having whatever you need, whatever it takes, you know, like, whatever tools you want, you know, even even when, like, I've heard guys like Zach say, you know, even with this, the zinc, the sync stuff, there's stuff that I can't do if I don't have this track synced and I'm loading this and this and that, I'm like, cool, like, whatever floats your boat, if that's what makes you better, like, use it, you know, like, whatever... Uh, a MIDI controller or, or whatever pad or whatever you know whatever you want to do do it you know that's that's my thing always yeah do. man yeah we can't this it's an art form man so everyone has their own interpretation and their own you know way of approaching it so like you can't really hate on on anyone's right that's that's for them you know if you like it cool if not you know right don't don't waste any more time thinking about it Just, right you know uh, one thing uh, going back to the, to the Scratch Academy if you want to tell us how, how it started what was like the connection yeah yeah no i'll, t- I'll tell you um just going back to to before um i think i got sidetracked oh no all good all good yeah no well when before before scratch so like actually when i first moved down here um uh so one thing i forgot to tell you guys which is a sort of a big moment i remember that got me into djing is i was at uh six flags mm-hmm. um this was probably before you guys but there used to be like a six flags i remember yeah. i'm old I'm, I'm older than Dan. Okay. Too young, too young for me. Yeah. So my mom <laughs> brought me to like Six Flags, yeah. and um, you know I had just moved here from New York, and I was and DJ Laz and Phil Money Jones and all these guys from Power ninety six were DJing. So I'm watching these guys go back and forth, cutting it up, and I was just like mesmerized. Yeah, like, fact. Didn't even want to go on the water slides or nothing. I was just like watching these guys for like a couple hours. Yeah. And that was like a huge moment for me. It's like yo, I want to do this for sure. Like I, I want to scratch, watching those guys cut right. it up. So that that was big for me. Um, and then also before, uh, my boy Corey Styles ended up moving in with me and my mom, um, I had a party at my house and, uh, my brother's older friend, DJ Eddie X came through, he DJed 
And at the end of the night, he had to cut out and he left all his equipment at my house. Set oh, up. wow. Everything set up. Oof. Yeah. These were techniques. That's like finding like candy. I don't know. Like He's, yeah. as a DJ, as a kid DJ, like that's like all set up, ready to go. Yeah. And these were techniques and, you know, all his records, everything. And just, I had like a confirmation party at my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all my, all my friends were having like bar mitzvahs and right. shit. And I asked my mom, I was like, well, do, do I get to do like a party right, or right. something? Could we do a confirmation party at the house? <laughs> so she's like, yeah. So I ended up having like everyone in my middle school there. It was just crazy. It was packed. And then, uh, he just had to cut out for whatever reason, left all his stuff next morning i hooked it all up in my room yeah and i had it for a couple of days until nice. he came back so that was huge for me too yeah having that a, first yeah to have that especially having like records and everything that works like it's such a good it's not like oh i'm just you know i borrowed these records like not nah, you have a full setup to do whatever the fuck you want like techniques too. techniques like at that age i don't know i would have yeah. like blow my load Dude. Like, Yo, what the fuck? Like, it was so sick yeah and then i that was that i knew then after messing with those that you know i, I gotta definitely get a pair of these yeah. and then you know fast fast forward a little while then when Corey moved in and then i had the access to the the turntables and then i started scratching with him and then really into the electronic movement at those times um like me and my my boys were like rave kids for a while yeah. um jumping around like getting really into like the electro breaks and all that electric that scene that scene was huger right oh yeah in south florida yeah yeah massive and a lot of like the hip-hop guys got into like electronic music real heavy at that time um because because the music was so dope yeah you know and it was a lot of it was like florida shit like florida breaks Mm -hmm. um so yeah it was it was really dope i eventually started like i was saying got my technique and then got my other one and then just really just became obsessed with it um like i said Corey styles was helping me out um exotic e was also a big influence for me back in those days mm-hmm. rest in peace yeah um then uh getting into like uh going to winter music conference for the first time and uh, right. and watching craze battle when it was like real conference like yeah what, was, what year was that uh man this was probably like 96 97 yeah this was before he started winning the dmc's because um, he won he won here and oh what like two years he won here i know he he won here that was like one of his first big things right when he won the wmc battle and then he won yeah out. he won the wmc battle i think three years in three a row. Year, that's what it was yeah and a bunch of other battles right. all over before he made his like winning streak of dmc when he won like three years straight in DMC. Right. um so yeah watching him for the first time at that uh winter music conference it was uh, him and Double D were like the two guys that would go at it back in those days here. Um, and Craze just like slaughtered everybody. Man. Yeah. It was crazy. I remember like before he even started his routine, he was just warming up, like testing the needles and making sure everything was straight. And he scratched for like a little second just to test the equipment. Yeah, and people were like, and every, he got a standing ovation. <laughs> yeah, people were like, whoa. It was, oh shit. It was like the battle was already over. Yeah, he didn't yeah, even yeah. start. Like, already won. <laughs> yeah, it was insane. Host is not even there and he's already. Yeah, so seeing him do what he was doing battling at this like electric, uh, electronic music dominated conference um, really opened a lot of doors for me. It was like, he, he's mixing in everything. He's yeah. drum and bass and right. old school like bass, uh, hip hop. And it was just making it all work plus doing like the scratching and all the tricks. So I was just like, you know, like, dude, this guy, this is my favorite DJ. Yeah. You know, so Craze was like my favorite then. He, he's still my favorite now. Yeah. So, you know, 20 years later. Um, so that was huge for me, like those days of Winter Music Conference and Ultra and all all those days where I really got like 
inspired by a lot of different genres. Um, then eventually, um, just practicing, practicing, really into the battling, um, but also, you know, DJing parties and things like that. Um, eventually uh, went to Full Sail in Orlando, uh, and that's when, like, we formed the Fader Ballistics crew, which was me and I Emerge, okay. um, K Razor, uh, React, Spy Tech. Eventually, uh, we got SPS in there, my boy Concept. Um, yeah, so that, that was, like, our battle crew. And in those days, like, we traveled to battle. That's what we did. So every competition. Yeah. There could have been a little DJ battle at some gas station in, in some little neighborhood. Right. Freaking, you know, Cocoa Beach. We were there. Like, we were at, we showed up to every single battle all around the, the East Coast. Just driving from Crazy. battle to battle, doing all the DMCs. Just every DJ competition. Um, so I got a few wins under my belt, like the Mars Music battle. Mm-hmm. Um and like just little like a UCF battle, some couple record store battles. Right. Um, started getting like a few wins, and we we formed the crew, and then um, yeah, man, we we did the crew for a long time, won a lot of battles, and my my partner I Emerge ended up moving on to to win the world DMC yeah. two years in a row, um, and then sort of we all grew up after that. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, I was, man. I was about to say, like, how do you live off of battling? It's it's tough, man. We were we were selling tapes and things like for gas money. Yeah. You know, we'd go on some serious trips. We we drove back from Canada, freaking selling mixtapes, all that, because I got a gig out there to do some routines and like we would just drive everywhere and just try to sell our, our CDs and tapes. A lot of people don't know that grind. Like, yeah. you know, just driving to go battle. Yeah. Because yeah. you just love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to keep it up as you as you get older because, you know, it's it's all about like the props. None of us were doing it for money, right? Yeah, you know, it was just all about yeah, like the props and like the bragging rights and like yo, just another win and the titles. Yeah. That's what it was about. So, um, yeah, it was hard to keep it going, um, and eventually um, I had a kid. Yeah, and then I was like, oh shit, <laughs> yeah, what am yeah, I gonna true. do, man? I, I got a kid. I gotta, you know, I gotta make some money. I gotta really like figure out what I'm doing here. I can't just be like bouncing around from battle to battle. Yeah. Um, and right around that time is when I got the opportunity to open scratch. Um, I was actually already teaching uh, a little DJ class at SAE mm-hmm. in Fort Lauderdale. Right. Um, Shouts out to Jace who put me on for that. DJ XS, he taught me a lot too. Um, and then uh, my boy Merge was working with the Scratch New York that just had opened up. Um, so I went to New York and I saw the academy and I was just like, this is insane a dj right. school um and then you know a year or two later they hit me up and it's like hey we're thinking of opening a school in miami would you be interested in being the director and running it and it was like You're like fuck yeah hell yeah right because like, i was already you know teaching some some of my homies and i had a little studio in margate where we were doing production um you know i would teach some private lessons at sae so it just worked out yeah uh, um so yeah i started uh they they flew me down down to New York. We had a couple of meetings, um, and then uh, pretty much we we found a place in South Beach. Yeah, this is like this this is gonna be is right on the corner of Sixth and Euclid by the little Las Olas Cafe there. Right. Um, and you know at before then you know I only really came to Miami because I grew up in Coral Springs. Okay. Know, Broward. Right. So I would come to Miami for like raves and concerts. You know, um, you know that's about it. So when I opened up Scratch, I was in Miami every day. Right. You know, like like living there. You know, it, it felt like a different world. I mean, especially on South Beach. Yeah. Mid, mid, this was what you said, 2000. This is 2005, yeah. late 2004, t- 2005. Um, yeah, just like really got 
exposed to the the Miami culture big time. Yeah, and it was popping back then. Like South Beach, that was like the yeah, beginning the of hype. like South Beach hype. Like yeah. So you you guys were definitely in the cut. Yeah, I started DJing all over. You know, that's when reggaeton was first starting to pop off. Yeah, first People round. asking me if I had reggaeton, <laughs> and I was like, nah. <laughs> but then I realized I needed to get all that yeah. shit real quick. So all the lethal weapons. That's, yeah, that's what made the vinyls. And yeah, and the reggaeton was yeah. huge for about a year or two. Then it got real played out. Yeah, and like everywhere was like, no, no it's reggaeton. Like EDM, yeah, it's like EDM now. Like. Now it's huge again. Yeah. But it came and and went a while ago in Miami. Um, but yeah, we opened up the school. And, um, you know, these guys came down and showed me a few things and said, yo, good luck. And then they went back to New York. Oh, and shit. I was just like, yeah, pretty much by myself in this yeah. empty space. Like, all right, figure shit. It out. Yeah, just, just figure it out, you know. Um, so I made some phone calls, you know. We got Irie over there, called up Craze. I got my boy K-Razor to finally move from Orlando to Miami to help out at the academy. And just gathered a lot of people yeah. and, and just started doing it. I remember one day I came home to my house and there was boxes in my front, uh, right in front of my front door, tons of boxes all the way up to the ceiling. It was all Vestax turntables sent oh, from shit. like Japan or something. Like, yeah, imagine you pull up to your house and there's just like 50 turntables boxed up Jesus. at your front door. I was just like, holy shit. Like it started That's coming together, crazy. you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was just like, you know, putting together all the needles and getting all the records and it yeah. was like, I was just obsessed with with the whole operation, you know, the curriculum and the teaching. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah, when you're so passionate about it, it's, it just hits different. Yeah. Um. And then let me ask, when was what's the connection? I mean, I know you do the Scratch events and Scratch Academy. Um, can you clarify that, like the connection? Yeah. No, for sure. So, um, Scratch events is like another part of of scratch music group mm -hmm. um and we're actually one of the only um dj event uh services with our own like in-house training facility so to speak so like right. the whole idea is to go through the scratch program and go from beginner to professional level dj and then ultimately be able to work for scratch um you know not every dj who graduates wants to work as a dj right. we, get, we get a lot of hobbyists too that yeah. just you know just want to have fun with it but um, that's the best result, in my opinion, is for someone to graduate and then for us to actually get them their, their first gigs, yeah, kick like them off. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. a job placement. Yeah, yeah. Like a job placement, like an agency. Yeah, yeah so we, we help them through the entire process, like even creating their EPK, getting their logos and their bios together and everything, oh, teaching nice. them about like the prices and how to work with promoters and what do I charge. All these things, wow. so they I didn't have, know that. Yeah, yeah, I, didn't yeah. Know that I know a lot of DJs that need that class. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of DJs that play now that need that class. <laughs> Towards, I mean, we focus on the craft mostly. Yeah, but as we get into the last level of the program, but that's dope. I didn't know, like, I had no idea. That's, that's awesome. That's super yeah. dope because, you know, a lot of DJs now that you know they don't know the back end, they don't know the business, they don't know the psychology, they don't know the format, they don't know. They just want to play music. You know, have you ever had like yeah. a student ask you like, "Hey, how do I DJ? I live." Of course, yeah. of course, bro. You have no idea. Yeah. What's the wildest? I've, I've had I've had a couple people. And I'm not gonna drop names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yo, I'm DJing at Live tomorrow night. You know, yeah. like, I, I how do what am I doing? Like, I need what? some help. Like, oh, you know, man. expedited. With, yeah, DJs. Like just just people that get a crazy opportunity out of nowhere. Pull favors and whatever. And, yeah, yeah, and they're just like you know a little uns unsure and like you know and want a little bit of help like yeah. maybe it's like i've never used cdjs before or you know what's the music format or can you give me a rundown on just some of the basics like we've gotten a lot of you know 
people that have found themselves in a situation like this where like, yo, I'm I'm about to be under a lot of pressure. Yeah, they take, they bite more than they can chew and Yeah. yeah but sometimes you gotta just throw yourself out there and right. and uh, you know, learn from learn, that experience. Yeah. So yeah, we we've had a lot of people in situations like that. Um even, you know, producers and, and people that um, you know, are starting to get known and then want to go out and DJ, yeah. but then you know they have never DJ DJ'd before. Yeah. So yo, I need a I need a crash course real quick so I don't you know make a fool out of myself. Yeah, I mean that's whatever. that's actually that's I fuck with that because, I mean at least they know you know like at least yeah. they know that they're not gonna that they're getting into something they don't know and they're asking for help you know it's, that's better of course. than, than yeah. the train wrecks. Yo, definitely at the end of the day, man. Like I really admire our students, um, because when you when you're into something and you really want to do something and you're serious and you now stop everything you're doing and you go sign up, you yeah. go reach out to people that teach this and, and do this for many years. Um, you know, it's, you know, you're serious when you stop what you're doing to go to make that step. Yeah. Um, you know, like most of us have learned throughout a long period of time, just learning little bits and pieces here, looking over shoulders, trying to figure things out. You know, there's no like, you know, Blueprint. Say, there's no like this way's better, that way's yeah. better. But it's just like, you know, if I if there was a scratch DJ Academy when I was first starting, I would definitely yeah, jump in and try to get same, in. Yeah. You know, so like it's just, you know, when someone can can really jump in, pay for a class like that and, and make that move. I, I definitely respect that. Like when was the last time sure. you signed up for like a class to go like further your education in something? A long time. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I I'm, I, I fall into I mean, not classes, but I, I fall into YouTube tutorials and stuff like Master that. Master classes, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I think a lot of people have like they're very prideful and they don't they don't want to like, like oh I, I'm gonna sign up to learn how to DJ or like they see other people that just kind of figure it out. They don't know how they learned or whatever, or even DJs that have been DJing. There was times when I wanted to take a class. I wanted yeah. to take, um, I wanted to take a scratch class, and I was really thinking about it because I was so insecure and I was like, fuck. But then I just kind of never got around to it. And I, and I wish I did at some point. Dude, it's, it's, it's yeah. we've had people literally get right to the front door and just about to knock and then yeah. be like, nah. Yeah. Wow. And then come back three years later, do the whole program, tell wow. me the story about it. I was just like, yo, like, yeah. you know, sometimes people can psych themselves out. Like, um, I, I'm not sure why. Yeah. Like, um, you know, if you if you love this, it, like art form and you want to get better at it and you want to learn from someone who who's a good teacher, um, then that 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 just means that like you're serious you yeah. know what i mean so i respect that not every good dj is great at teaching you know you really need someone who's like patient and uh not just trying to just teach you everything in five minutes yeah, yeah. you know someone who like knows about this and how to put, bring it down put, yeah someone who uh is, is patient like i said and is like genuinely wants you to get good yeah you know and is going to take the time to really like relate to you and explain it to you um that that's really what you need in a in a good instructor so yeah like i said man like hats off to all the students that that have come to scratch to to uh to better themselves and like get better you know because uh they're learning really quick you know something that might might have taken me three to five years to learn on my own you know and then they're learning it in in three to five months have yeah. you ever had like a, a proud moment where like you taught someone they graduated and then they had their first gig so many moments yeah man. and you've so, gone out like that's dope bro that's there's so many moments like it, it's hard to even say man like some of the some of the best most popular djs you see all around south florida 
got their start at scratch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's the best for me because I'm proud of those guys that have like, you know, to, to be a small part of that. You know, like if you get really good at DJing or really anything, that's on your own merit. That's because you put in that hard work and the dedication. No one could like make you really good. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Someone could like teach you some things and, and steer you in the right direction and give you advice. But the only way you're going to get really good and really successful is on your own grind, you know, your your own dedication doing it. So I respect. So I feel like if someone who gets really good at DJing, whether it took them 10 years or whether it took them one year, if you're really good, you're really good. You know what I mean? You put in the you, work. Yeah, you put in the work. You deserve the same like respect from from the DJ community and whatnot. You know, like it doesn't matter like how you you came up you did it you yeah know? exactly so yeah i tell people the same way like i mean i was you know i i, I am always like yo I, I was in the bedroom for x amount of years and i know djs that dj they're dj in the bedroom for two weeks you know and and they had a way harder way getting there but they got there at some point you know they learned to trial and error or they you know did whatever they did but if you have that intention and you want it and you have the right kind of mindset about it i think it's achievable you know yeah in the sense of like you said like you know in whatever time it is what are like some of the the courses you guys offer because i know some people might think it's just like scratching because it's yeah, yeah <laughs> that, that's <laughs> that's definitely a big misconception right. being that it's scratch dj academy you think all oh, these guys are just scratch all day um but yeah we have uh like i said it's designed to get you from beginner to professional level dj and uh somewhat of a condensed time frame like uh, we have one program that's a year long and then we have some programs that are shorter for for students that have less time and, and are in here more days but we start from the very beginning you know um, assuming that you're you know don't know anything about it a lot of our new students do know some things before they jump in but you know so some of it may be review for them but you jump in you're gonna learn all the fundamentals like you know, obviously beat matching, basic music theory, basic scratching, how to use all the equipment, like all the fundamentals you have to know you're going to learn in that first level. Do you guys start like on the beginner level, like on Serato on or how do you? We we start with all vinyl. Okay. So we where we want to make sure that students like Don't have learn how habits. to mix by yeah. ear first. Exactly. But we get into Serato pretty quickly. We right. get we get into CDJs the first day. So every time they learn something with a with a real record on vinyl by ear, they'll then try it on a CDJ right after, and we'll have the students switch from turntables to CDJs. Wow. And this is no Serato involved yet. Right. That way, they really give themselves the chance to teach their ear this this whole skill of beat matching. Because yeah. a lot of the new DJs, and it's not you know it's not their fault. You know, it's like just the time we're in right now. You know, you go to a guitar center or whatever, and they say, okay, this is what you got to get. And then you just start really learning the software. Yeah. yeah. And it becomes more of like a computer Technical. savvy thing. And then a lot of the guys just forget about the music itself and the beat. Yeah. And like, and they're, yeah. yeah, they're DJing just using the waves and the colors and all that. And like, you know, they don't even know like the progression of the song or like breakdown. Yeah. Like, it's like when, you, if you're really going to dive into this art form and like spend a lot of time, you don't want to skip over the most important skill sets. Yeah, you know, and you like, want to build those habits early on. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, and it's like when we're all mixing with Serato. I mean, we all we all look up at the computer and stuff. We all glance at the computer. We're not. We're, I don't have. Like, we've been doing computer. it forever. Though. Yeah, I'm not like you know. I I don't I don't care if a student wants to use like sync or this and that. Like I'm down if the technology is there for us to use. Like sure, 
like however you like to do it i want to teach them every part of it and give them all the options and let them just figure out how they want to do it so um there, there's there's nothing wrong with that but we we go through all of it in in the first few courses um like intermediate mixing we get into um, some more advanced scratching then we start to teach ableton so we start to teach students how to create edits um where a lot of djs out there haven't made that jump yeah you know well, they're really good at djing um so but have never maybe gotten into production so not only do we have you know brand new students getting into that but even Guys that have been spinning for a while will come here to do some private lessons to learn Ableton as well. So we teach them how to create the edits, the redrums, um, you know, the transition tracks, all that. Yeah. And it's really actually cool to learn music production in this way because you're first learning how to edit existing music and you're figuring out like all the ins and outs of the software with, with the song that's already made. So you might yeah. switch around the vocals, quick hitter, whatever, chorus first. Clean version gives you drops. the freedom to kind of yeah. like and learning them both at the same time, yeah. kind of complement each yeah. other. Yeah, and then you you sort of gradually move into like remixing. Okay, now let me take this little uh, part of this existing song that people recognize, and let me build a lot of like original music on top of it, and create this like dope remix. Um, and then this all sort of progresses to eventually just producing music, just original music. Right. You know, I think it's. No, it's dope because it, I'm sorry. Um, no, go ahead. It, it, it gives you, like, you, you learn how to do something with something that's already made, so then you can make your own even better, you know? Like, it's such a, I've never really thought about it like that until, like, making edits and working this and then doing production. I think a lot of people just jump into production and they're like, all right, where do I start? Exactly. And they're so lost. Exactly. So. It's such a, it's, it makes more, so much more sense. It's a much better approach, especially if you're a DJ. Yeah. Um, because yeah, just to sit down and be like, all right, I want to make some original music out of nothing. Yeah. It's just, there, it can be a little overwhelming because there's so many different directions you can go. So many different sounds and plugins and softwares. Yeah, if you don't have a, a lead or like a focus, it's the best advice. I, Cause I had someone that taught me production a while back and they told me like, basically you should find a song that you like that you're into and reconstruct it, like copy it. And then eventually you do that enough times and then you put your own sound, your own flavor into it. But you kind of have like a guideline, like you're just like how they say, steal like an artist. You just like kind of reconstruct an already existing song. So you get the format and the structure and you kind of build those habits over time. Yeah. Because just starting off scratch, that's like, especially if you don't know Ableton. Yeah, yeah. It, it could be crazy. And a lot of times even like, you, I remember because I learned uh, Pro, T Pro Tools in Full Sail. So I've been on Pro Tools since like 98. Um, so I consider myself a bit of a Pro Tools master, yeah. self-proclaimed. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so when these guys, you know, I'm seeing students doing some things with Ableton, in, in a couple minutes, that would take me a while to do. Yeah, Pro Tools, yeah, it's different. So I was like, yo, I think it's time for me to learn Ableton. Because um, when we first started production at Scratch, we were doing Reason. Then right. then we were doing Reason and Ableton. Now it's just Ableton. Ableton yeah. um, so I finally just was like, yo, I, I need to get good in, in Ableton as well. So started um, learning it. And I can't lie, it was like a little frustrating at first, just with the little... Uh, um, the magnifying glass up there, dragging it and this and that. Yeah. It was like, it just wasn't like. I mean, a, and you're coming from you're coming from like driving like a foreign car, and then you're driving like another kind of. I don't know. Like everybody tells me that people. I mean, you come from like the understanding of Pro Tools for years, you know, and then 
you kind of have to unlearn some stuff to learn Ableton. Like Pro fit, Tools is like driving like a Ford. A Ford, and yeah. And then Ableton is like a European. Yeah, you're driving a Tesla. It has all this weird like automation, crazy like. Yeah. It's so different. <laughs> but like you come from like the right way, I guess. I don't know. I Yeah, I don't know. It's just the, the way it's, it's, it's happened with Ableton. And no. I just like, I, I was kind of fighting it at first. I was like, man, I don't like this shit. Like I can't get into a good workflow with yeah. this software. Um, I think it had something to do with like even when I was first learning it, I was on like a little laptop using like the little mouse on the laptop. Oh yeah, and it's just different versus when I was always on Pro Tools. Yeah, you were like on a big desktop, a big screen with right. a nice mouse, and like you yeah. know, like I like just an empty canvas. You know, when I'm gotcha. doing production, like painting a picture. You know what I mean? Um, so I got a little discouraged from Ableton and then came back, um, and now I'm on Ableton a lot. So yeah. now I'm using it. I'm going back and forth between Pro Tools and Ableton on on the daily oh so you're still using pro tools yeah yeah still oh, wow. using pro tools um i sort of put it all together in pro tools like tracks and right they add scratching and stuff like that oh okay and then yeah. I, I make my edits in uh uh ableton okay and then i you know dj in them and then i ultimately like record in pro tools and just you know a lot of times like like if i'm gonna track vocals or do something like this or add some guitar all, all that stuff i do in pro tools Got it. like i'll bring what i made in ableton into pro tools track it out and then just take it from there. Um, but yeah, so then I eventually got back into Ableton, like I was saying, and I love it now. It just it was a little bit of a learning curve at first for right. people. But if you stick with it, you know, it's actually, man, so much easier. It's, yeah, I know. Ableton yeah. is if you know the if you know all the little loopholes and you know all the shortcuts and everything, like you can really fuck with it like really good. Yeah, so, so the so when when the students get to Ableton, they eventually get into a, after that a more advanced mixing class. And then they come back to a, a remixing class in Ableton, and then ultimately get, ultimately get to our last final level, uh, which is our advanced mixing club mixing, um, where we start to um, give them different assignments. Yeah. So uh, they'll make like a lounge set. They'll do like a high energy club mix. Oh, nice. Uh, they'll do an open format set. Uh, you know different types you know something that would be good for like a mobile gig like a, like a wedding or a cruise ship or a yeah. corporate event um we'll have the dj switch one's doing like an opening set one's doing the prime time one's doing the closing um we'll have our you know hip-hop guys do an electronic set that week we'll have the electronic guys do a hip-hop set we'll try to get everyone like a little bit out of their comfort zone yeah. to do like an unfamiliar genre um so that way they could approach it brand new like okay who are the best artists who are the best djs in this genre like yeah. what's the vibe to dj in this music and because really that's the goals for everyone that graduates to just be real diverse yeah and be able to like handle all these does, that, situations. does yeah. everyone progress at the same time or like you know some people get held back or like you see they're not they're not grasping something as quick as someone else so they're like all right we're gonna keep you here until you get to the next course, or how does that? Yeah, no, most people all progress at the same time. The only time we'll have an issue like that is just from like absences. Right, right, right. Like if someone's out of town a lot, we're going over so much new material each class that if you miss two or three classes, like you're you're way behind. Yeah. So that would be the case, but very rarely does someone go through it that's getting you know showing up to all the classes, ever sort of fall behind. Um, we not not many times has that happened usually everyone just stays right on track and progresses together of course some students are like uh more serious than others yeah you know like we get a lot of students now really the majority of our students now want to do this as a career when originally it was like 50 50 right hobbyists and like you know up and coming like career djs so the average student now is a little bit more serious 
um, has already done some research on their own, maybe already has like, you know, uh, a controller or something, you yeah. know, at home, has already, you know, seen a lot of tutorials on YouTube. So your, our typical student that comes in now is a little bit more educated to what's going on. And but we still have a lot of just straight beginners though as well. And what's the... Um like what's the mindset or like what's like the drive that you see like like from guys like that or like what's i don't know the, i'm trying to ask like how prepared do these people come like you said if they're already out or like and how realistic is their mindset do you, do you get what i'm saying yeah no yeah. for sure i mean everyone jumps into this like for different reasons of their own like inspiration or whatever so um i've seen a lot of different different um cases so most of our students just like love music you know yeah. what i mean just love music love it all are just like obsessed with you know the dj and the parties and the crowd and just everything um whether it's just all music or whether it's their passion for like electronic music or like i want to spin at ultra yeah. you know a lot of our students come in just like really hype nope. you know um which i love when students are like hype like that and just like really focused um and then occasionally you know we'll have a student or two that's just sort of like sure yeah i want to dj like you know maybe maybe they're trying to like oh i'll get more girls if i'm a dj right. or i'll be more popular you know but i think that's with anything but someone like that from my experience probably won't be djing a year from now yeah. two years from now they'll be just doing something else to get like some sort of yeah they, they realize they realize that there's actual work include like involved and they're like oh fuck <laughs> and it's yeah. not only young people that come in here right oh no we got we got i mean our our average student i would say is like 25 and up if you, oh, shit. but um but we do get lots of younger and you know even even younger kids 10 11 12 do private lessons summer camps um and you know high school kids and all that and what even about like a 50 older. year old of course Feel like my dad would be down, dude. Oh, fact, your dad would <laughs> super dad be down. Would be like, you know, I want to learn a DJ. Yeah, Zayn's dad would be <laughs> super down. We've we've done a uh, man everything you could think of, man. We've had like older couples come in and do lessons together. Oh, that's cool. We've had like a dad come in with their son and do the whole program together, like nice. father son uh, thing. Oh wow. Um, you this know, is a cool date. I didn't think about that. This is uh, <laughs> was it, uh, what was that show? Uh, Limit date. Was it a limit date? I don't know. One of those night two thousand shows. Oh, that you gotta pick. They would uh, go like in the random dates, and it'd always be like, something. "Oh, we're gonna go. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna go to the DJ school, and then like, learn how to DJ." We know. We've actually done a couple of those like Match dot com. That's nights. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, Man. we've done a couple of those nights back in the day. I'm gonna start hosting <laughs> some of those. I would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah. It's it's, it's a funny. lot of fun. You know, it's like, uh, it's. It's it's different than our normal classes because our normal classes these people are really set on learning as much right. as possible. This when, is more like make it fun. When people are just yeah. coming in for like a quick little taste of DJing, like open house or a couple private lessons or some like corporate workshop or something, then we just try to make it really fun and you know teach them as much as we can at the same time, like recognizing that they're here to have a good time, you know. So I'm not going to spend too much time going over like music theory, right? Right. You know, I'll touch on a little bit, but then get right into like into the, jamming out, right. you know the fun part yeah so um but but yeah with the courses like i was saying um as you get to the final final end we dedicate a few of the courses to uh the business of djing like i was saying before with like helping them to create the epk yeah. um helping them to figure out all right what are my six month goals 12 month goals for after i graduate like 
what do I really realistically want to see myself in six months, 12 months? Yeah. I want to have like a residency somewhere, you know, a couple mixes out on SoundCloud, like whatever it is, like you got to really like set those goals and put dates on those goals so you can really make sure that these things happen and, and you don't really take a break um, after you graduate and then sort of lose some of your motivation, some yeah, of your like skills. Yeah, stamina. Yeah. stamina too like you take a break and you're like oh, fuck yeah. and that's that's really why we even started incorporating like dj business to the curriculum because we'd see djs back in the day that graduated that were just really really good and then after they graduate just end up just you know djing at home and not really doing a whole lot with it just because their skills were there they just weren't business savvy and they just didn't know like much about like putting them themselves out there and yeah. turning it into a career that's no, super important I yeah mean, now, now you know you realize how much um, social media and every other factor involves in your job. Pretty much for all jobs, not only DJing. You know, like restaurants, a lot of jobs involve that. So it's super dope to have that kind of help to let people know, hey, look, you know, you do need to think about the business side. It's not just like you're you're good. I mean, even DJs that we know, like you know, a lot of people. I've got approached by older DJs that are kind of like, man, like. How are you playing here? How are you playing there? And I'm like, dude, like, first of all, you don't leave your house. <laughs> like, you, nobody knows who you are. Like, there's, you know, things. I'm like giving an older DJ some advice that to me is kind of common sense. And it's dope that you guys are telling people who have no idea about the business. You know, it's for sure. Super, super. A dope. lot of people just aren't, they don't, they've never like negotiated, you know, their rates or things like yeah. that. Like, if people ask you, you know, well, how much do you charge? And it was like, oh shit, well, I don't know, man. Yeah. Like I've, I've just started DJing, you know? So I always have the students be completely honest about everything. Don't try to um, put any like um, things that you didn't actually do. Yeah. Don't say you're, you're more than you are because like it's just not worth it as far as like your bios and your EPKs and stuff like that. Like if you're a new DJ on the come up, like embrace that. Embrace that, that yeah. like, yo, you're about to see me take over. You know, I'm doing this. I'm on the come up. This is the energy I bring to the crowd. This is what I do. This is what happens to the audience when yeah. I'm on the turntables. Like, more focus on what you're about to do. Not like, oh, I DJed at Bob's Bar once and then I played at this one. Like, Damn, no one really cares at the end of the day. It's a lot of DJs that should have enrolled. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, like, That's awesome. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep, <laughs> yeah, I had this conversation with a DJ earlier. Um, I'm like, look, man, it's 2020. Like, um, like, whoever you open for whoever you played wherever you played venue like in 2020 like venues don't hold that name or don't hold that rep that they used to you know five ten years ago like you know like there's dope venues that book shitty djs and everybody knows so if you play at that venue doesn't mean that you're a good dj i'm just saying like like kind of aligning to what you're saying you know like i just think back then you could you could have kind of that like you could have that mystique of like oh i played here i played there and they kind of like oh okay he's he's been here so maybe yeah he can rock this room but i think now it's more of like all right yo can you rock this room right now like i don't care where you played like yeah. are you a good dj before it was like you can kind of live off that yo i used to play here i did this look at my video from here but now it's not so much the case anymore yeah. that's dope because i mean i tell people now you know relationships are more golden than than any venue or any check you know like if you build a relationship with a person that has no value you know that has no monetary value you know like if you're good with that person you know and they've booked you before that's your relationship that's more of a value than 
playing at X amount of club or X venue where the manager is different, you know, in two, in two months, you know, like things like that are business things that we talk about and that we always like kind of remind people. And it's super dope that you guys are, are like letting people know that off the rip. Yeah. It's so important. It's it's personal relationships, man. Like when you're, when you're meeting someone like for a new student, um, you know, they'll out network and oh, I DJ. Well, where do you DJ at? Well, nowhere yet i'm actually studying to be a professional dj at scratch dj academy like no shit for real like yo that's dope like let me let me you know connect with you now exchange numbers so i'm like you know communicating with you now as you come up you know people appreciate that more yeah you're like it's it's, it's pretty interesting like it's more of a like kicking off a relationship than like yeah you know i did dj two or three times you know six years ago at so-and-so's house or you know it's like you know, that's why I tell the students, like, just be as truthful as possible and really just um, stick to stick to what it is your vision is for yourself. Yeah. And then, you know, people are going to want to join you if you're, you know, if you're passionate about it and you're serious and you're working hard, like, you know, people are going to kind of see, see that. that. Yeah. People see it. People see it. And, and then it goes it goes so much further because, I mean, we've all had DJs that come up to us and they're like, oh, I like what you're doing or I want to do what you're doing. Or I want to play here or whatever. And I'm like, cool, all right. Well, come to the venue for the next six months every night. And then you might have a chance, you know. Like, And they don't understand that. Or, you know, oh, like things like that are, 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 are have that open mentality of, like, I'm going to learn. I'm going to be bigger than, oh, I've already done this. Like, like I don't try to claim. I don't, you know, stuff you've done is in the past. Just move forward, you know, have that. Exactly. have and, and be willing to absorb and learn. So that's super dope. Yeah. So they, uh. They they go through the entire program and then like I said once they're they're finished um, and they'll give me their EPK um, and I'll pass it off to uh, the scratch events mm-hmm. folks and then try to get a lot of the DJs their first gigs nice. um, playing some some like more low pressure gigs you know maybe like some things inside like the mall or this that like yeah. retail stuff um, all kinds of things events to get them to really uh, experience executing an event from start to finish right. Um, and then eventually, you know, I'll, uh, put guys out on the cruise ships and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, it just takes off for a lot of people with like, you know, then doing clubs. That's and dope. A That's lot super of dope. Students will will start their own little DJ mobile businesses together and record labels and all kinds That's of different dope. things. Um, Are you guys still doing the, the, the you guys still do the parties, right? The the graduating parties yeah yeah we do graduation you want to let people know about those i think that's super dope to me that's like the coolest thing about about taking a being a dj in in a in a in a in a like taking a class here and graduating when when you guys to me it's the coolest shit if you want to break yeah yeah no the graduation's dope um our next one's april 2nd at camp here in hollywood we got eight students graduating um they bring their family and friends out yeah you know people watch them you know, may, maybe they people have known that you've been doing this, mm-hmm. um, but then they get to actually watch you and your classmates and your peers rock it right. that night. And, like, right. you know, it's that it's doing a great job that night. And, you know, the pictures looking back and just yeah. it, it kicks off, gets them inspired. Yeah, it's an accomplishment. Such an, I mean, imagine like taking a course to DJ and then you get to DJ at your graduation party like it's so dope and your friends and family and your see friends it, and family see that you're putting like in like that's dope you know and also even if something as simple this is like what kind of gets to me something as simple as like the flyer like like these djs have their name on a flyer and like you know they're so proud of it like it's so dope to me like you know these kids that are open i mean sorry not kids because 
these DJs that are, you know, new to the scene and they're on a flyer and they're playing for their family and friends. Like that concept to me is like super, super dope. And like you're achieving something, you know, it's like the fruit of your labor. So. Exactly. And then a lot of people there are seeing them do their thing and like, oh shit, there's, there's more to this than yeah, I thought. Yeah. And they're watching us all switch and DJ and we're weaving in and out of different genres. And yeah. they're like, it's an experience because I mean, we all have different styles. So it really educates the people that are there for their first time getting to see DJing up close, yeah. you know, cause that's always the misconception to people that don't DJ. They're just like, well, what are you guys really doing besides just freaking Present playing play. a song, yeah. scratching it back and forth. And like, you know, they just don't know. Right. You wouldn't know until you're right in front of someone exactly. seeing some of this stuff. And you're like, Oh, I didn't even know you could do this. Yeah. And then you start to now have a new respect for it, treat it like a, an yeah. instrument and, and like the DJs as musicians. And you know, then it, you know that's that's, that's what it's about yeah. you know and then yeah. you know the graduates like i said a lot of them will end up uh doing things for scratch i try to get a lot of students their very first gigs um you know it's like a it's like a mentorship you know so josh um, is it's pretty rewarding for you as a teacher for sure for sure yeah. man. i mean that's why i've been doing it for this long i mean i've opened scratch miami 15 years ago this september will be 15 years you know still teaching so it's like to do it this long you know it's it's you know it's never been about like money or anything like that you know it's always been about like um getting to share this with with students and and um people that really love it and are like just obsessed with it yeah i really love spending more time with those students and like teaching them and like helping them everywhere i can and i'm sure um, like that inspires you to keep for DJing sure. too that's how i love. stay sharp that's right. how i stay sharp with uh with with music you know, plus my daughter's 15, so she knows, like, everything about, yeah. like, all the new rap She's the plug. Like She's the plug. <laughs> Big <for time>. I'm <laughs> going to need her to send me her, her Spotify dude, playlist, bro. she knows songs, like, six months before we've ever heard that's any wild, of these dude. I need, a, I need a cousin, nephew. I mean, I need somebody that's, like, in that age of, like, the TikTok songs and all that. Exactly, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So between her and, like, the students, like, I'm, I'm constantly getting put on to new music and all different types. And that's a great thing about Scratch is, like, it's not just like one genre or anything. This is like one of the only like sort of like neutral zones, almost like this hub of of music yeah. where it doesn't matter if you play Latin music or electronic or, you know, Haitian music or dance hall. Like everyone's coming here to like get better, you know. Dope, dope. And as they're getting better, you know, they're being exposed to different types of genres, too. And you see the students like develop their styles over time. And, you know, even though everyone has their own flavor and their own style. Like uh, they, they're all just, just getting better. It doesn't matter if, if, if you DJ this music and I yeah. DJ this music, we're still like, you know, helping each other out. That's super dope. You That's know, super, super dope. So get a lot of inspiration from the students. Actually, um, the students are the ones that just got me to start like competing just recently again. Oh shit. Yeah. Because like, you know, we're always watching Red Bull through yeah. style on the TV. We're always watching like dope routines. And I, a lot of my students. Yeah, live. you sub, you submitted this year last year, right? It was yeah, yeah, yeah it was submitted super last dope, year. super dope. And a lot of uh, students are like, "Yo, why don't you get in this shit?" Yeah. You know. And after a while, I'm just like, "Yo, you're right. What, what the hell am I doing?" Yeah, a lot of the routines you put up late. I mean, the more recent stuff is always super creative. Like I'm always about the creative stuff, and like, so if you want to talk to us about that, and then um, you're still on uh, the shark, are yeah. you? Yeah, so yeah. So if you want to break down, that's like one of my favorite things that you do just because of the music um if you want to break that down or yeah no for sure like um i mean routines and then that or however you want to spill it bro like yeah yeah i took like when i when i got 
really heavy into teaching at scratch um that started taking up a lot of my time i started slowing down on like the competitions and stuff like that and doing like more and more club djing so you know djing two three nights a week or whatever and teaching you know pretty much every day mm-hmm. um so did that for a while around 2011 2012 started getting back into the battling again got to the dmc online world finals won a couple dmc regionals so that was you know a, a good time for me to just jump back in yeah um and then since then really just been on my grind like club djing and a lot of private events too yeah. i do um you know I, I i jump around doing like all the bars i mean you're at the wharf for yeah. live though there's not many places i haven't played at right. at this point in in like so many years of djing in south florida i don't like to get too comfortable anywhere because everything's you know temporary of course you know all these places come it's and the go mindset and, you have to have yeah so i like to jump around a little bit and like do different things um i like to play at places that like i want to play at and i'm like excited about the event um so you know that's you know i'm blessed to be able to like sort of like pick and choose some of the things that i want to do and and to sometimes say no yeah you know like nah you know pass it off to somebody else or whatever um because like i was saying before it's tough to have to dj freaking every night Mm -hmm. you know um so you know, now I try to balance it out. You know, I got three kids, you know, and scratch and so many other, like, like five jobs, you know, yeah. like I'm all over the place. So I try to balance it out the best I can um, doing all, all the club stuff and, and bar stuff. I'm actually trying to do more like daytime gigs nowadays. Really? <laughs> Talking, <laughs> you're preaching to the choir, <laughs> yeah. brother. I'm not trying to be in the I club do, till five o'clock in the we morning. We do pools. Look, I do, I do W for Lauderdale. I do W South Beach, short club. Shelbourne, um, and then Amazing. we do the happy hours, bro. The happy hours to me is my, yeah. my. That's bro. I mean, last week, like, we had a whole event. I was home at twelve from yeah. Coil. Like, yeah, like we started at six. Like, I mean, I think when you get older, you start realizing. Like, you realize you know, time is, and yeah. also, and also in Miami too, there's there's a lot more opportunities for day events. Like, we do a few happy hours, um, and bro, like we're done at nine o'clock, ten o'clock. Five to nine or six to nine or, what, you know, whatever. You're done. You go home and you just sit. Like, uh, you know how amazing that is to be done at 10 o'clock? Like, or sometimes I do a pool gig and I am i don't work that night, but I made my check by 4 o'clock. I could go out. I could stay home. I could DJ that night. Like, I mean, we've been around the block to, like, we've seen the late night. Yeah, we can appreciate. Uh, we can appreciate, like, doing something early in the day. Like, as soon as I leave here today, I'm DJing at the casino from 5 to 10. Mm. So it's a five-hour set, but I'm done at 10 o'clock. Yeah, and you're chilling. So Go it's home. like, yeah. That's those sort of happy hours and those daytime events. Bro, and like, anything I'm done early, like, I really appreciate that nowadays. You know, I got a, a one-year-old son, you know, waking me up at 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and like, you know, so. Time-consuming. Yeah. I, I still do some of the late nights, of course, you know, but I try to pick it's and choose the ones around. that I want to do. Um, I do a lot of private events now, corporate events. Um, you know, I realized a long time ago also, it's like, man, you got all these dope DJs all like fighting to try to get this like gig at this cool bar that's yeah, only man. paying 300 bucks exactly. or something anyways. So it's like it's when you got it. all these mobile DJs just sitting back laughing, making a killing, doing yeah. like, you know, getting paid more in one night than, than some they of these doing guys. doing a week. Exactly. Mm, easy. So it's like, you know, I don't try to like, oh, well, uh, you know. I got a DJ at this place so I can be like part of the cool. Yeah, it does it, and that's, that's going back to what we were talking about. Like now, venues don't. I mean, even when venues kind of mattered, it, they never really mattered to me because, I mean, obviously we, we wanted to be on certain places or we played or whatever. But 
I mean, now it's it's shifted to where it's just like the good DJs know the good DJs, and like the thin like the the the, the connection is very thin between who fucks with each other, and you know, if a new venue opens up and I can't play, or you know, the 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 circle of good DJs in Miami is is actually pretty small, I think, in the sense of like the good DJs are working, and it doesn't matter the venue. Like, you know, it's not because this new venue opens up, they open up with a good DJ. No, it's like, fuck that. If you're a good DJ, you're, if you're working, like, you're working. Yeah, and most like, of the good DJs aren't, like, fighting aren't to get fighting, to yeah. the cool spot. Because, like, I think, especially now that everyone's kind of getting older, it's like, they're, everyone's ego is like, yo, I'm not really, like, I don't need like, this I don't have look. Time. Yeah, like, like, I'm just want to do something that makes me happy. So it's like, no one's fighting, like, to, like, get on the flyer yeah. or, like, your picture, like... I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad that it's yeah. it's it's died out, and 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 I mean, and we always say it too because even for the younger DJs, don't feel like you need to play at those venues. Those venues, like you said, they don't pay. A lot of those venues don't pay. The look can only get you so far, and then even just doing that venue for that one night for the look, like I rather do me and have the venue reach out to me. Yeah. No. The point is, you can't like judge your success based off like. Um, the venue you've played at, at or the size of the audience you've mm-hmm. played at. You know what I'm saying? Whether you're a DJ in a little dive bar playing for 15 people or whether you're freaking Carl Cox playing in front of, you know, 50,000 right. people. Like, you're both DJs at yeah. the end of the day. You're both doing it. You're both living it. You know, some of my best nights and where I've learned the most have been for these little crowds in these little places. Dude, and DJ, DJing no for 10 people and DJing for 10, 15 people is thousand times harder to, than DJing for 100 people, you know? Like, yeah. Like in you in those little pockets and those nights that you said, those are your nights, and that's what every DJ should have, like their own. Like, who gives a fuck if it's on social yeah, media? At the day, you know that what you did and that you did a good job and uh-huh. that you had a good time. So, I mean, it goes back to like when you guys used to go driving around battling just because yeah. you like enjoyed it. Yeah, like that's what that it pays is. off, man. That and but off. like some of these bars and clubs, like the ones that I, that I really get inspired and that I see, like. DJs there killing it, having a good time. Like, oh, I want to play here. Yeah. And I really enjoy it. Looking forward to like preparing for that and doing that. Um, but I don't like stress on like, oh, I got to do that to maintain some sort yeah. of like relevance in like the, the scene. I got to play at this yeah. place, at this place. Um, the, the corporate events that I do like also keep me really sharp. And, uh, you know, it's funny because when I do these corporate events and stuff, like, yeah, I'm getting paid more money. But, you know, no one knows that DJ Immortal's spinning or anything like yeah. that. I'm just yeah, like, man, who you know, cares? I'm just the DJ, yeah. you know? So, it's, you know, I'm like, it, I don't post about it on social media yeah, or nothing. Like, not, you wouldn't even know it's happening. Dude, as long as you get your check, I'm all, I'm, 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 all, I'm about personal happiness and, and achievements. Like, whatever you're doing, you know? And it's, it's something that we always preach, too, you know? Like, like people think our, our one of our main things here in my, in, in my radio is that, you know, we... St- st- stay clear from the south beach scene that was hot 10 years ago it's not hot anymore and most people identify miami with that i'm like no miami has venues you know like the wharf like blackbird like wood tavern you know like koyo that's something different every night koyo is something different every night you know they're not playing reggae wednesday they play reggae thursday they play open four like these are venues that are just like different it's not edm it's not big room it's not bottle service and those and that's where the real Miami fun is at. So, like, those kind of venues are what makes the DJ have fun and the crowd have fun. And it's just mutual energy, I guess, you know? And there really is, like, so many dope DJs in Miami, too. Like, I get so many people from other states and other countries that come to Scratch and come, like, say what's up while they're in town. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it be, like, Winter Music Conference, this, that, whatever, Art Basel. 
and like people are always like always talking about yo the vibe here is so dope man like djs are so good man this is crazy like i don't know if you guys have experienced that yo, too of course people come to miami that's the standard dude and yeah and, and that's why i'm always preaching miami because it's like dude like miami trains you for the rest of the world we get people from all over the world here you know like i know that i i could put you in a room and if it's you know you play that room every night and it's a different group of tourists you're gonna play different every night because you're gonna read the crowd and you're gonna all right, one night, you know, you end up playing Brazilian music. One night, you end up playing more hip-hop. One night, you end up playing a Bay Area set. And, you know, it's stuff that, because you read the crowd and you can do, it's it's, it's kind of, like, expected here in Miami to be that guy. So, I mean, I love it. I love that Miami has that that bar so high, you know. And it's You're you're a big factor, and everybody here, that the working DJs here are a big factor to, to keep that bar up, you know. Yeah, no, we have to, man. Definitely just super proud of all like of our graduates that have gone on to become so successful. And uh, even a lot of our instructors who just started out as students, yeah. you know, um, and just like, you know, just some of the students have become some of my best friends yeah. and, you know, closest friends and, and co-workers and everything over the years. So, you know, definitely been blessed to have like this this opportunity to, to teach and be the director of Scratch. Um Cause you know, while I'm, I'm doing that job, I'm still like practicing and I'm still yeah. like, you know, focused on DJ. It's all like, you know, you're still same, a student. It's all music. You you're know? still a student. Yeah. Too, you know? you yeah. Keep learning. Exactly. You know, I'm learning just as much from yeah. the students, you know? So, um, yeah, it all ties in, man. Dope. Um, but yeah, like what you were saying about the shark, um, about four years ago, um, my friend from middle school, Dina Lang reached out to me. Um, she was like, oh, you still DJ alternative music? I was like, of course. Yeah. She was like, oh, we're about to kick off this new radio station. Because um, I, I started working with 94.9 Zeta back in the day, which was like the alternative was, station. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, right towards the end, you know, I started doing like their party cruise and a couple of things. And I started, I came out with a mixtape called A Matter of Time. Um, they they uh, did a story about it in Fader Magazine. Um, I think uh, Nick Nick Catchdubs wrote the story. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, man, and and I started selling. People started calling me from all over. I was selling this mixtape in like in, in Germany and in Japan. Do, and like, do you still have a link? Yeah, I have. Uh, I have one of them on my SoundCloud, and I have, uh, I think, half of the part two on my SoundCloud. Okay. Also, it keeps getting taken off because right. like copyright stuff. Might have to upload. That. Yeah, we might have to get the yeah, yeah. the first one. Send us send us yeah. the file, and we'll we'll attach it. To yeah, it. it was called a matter of time. That really like, you know, I was. I was doing a lot of battles and like a lot of hip hop stuff at the time. So a lot of people, unless you were a close friend of mine, you didn't know that I did this. Mm -hmm. So I would go around giving out these CDs and like, man, wondering how people are going to like uh, respond to yeah. this, you know? And then a lot of them, even the most hardcore hip hop heads were like, yo, this shit's crazy. I love all these are my jams. And I was yeah. like, oh, dope. Like, you know, I took a leap of faith and like, are people going to, you know, like this? Yeah. And then it just got me real inspired. Um, and then I came out with part two. Um, I started working with uh, 103.1 The Buzz, um, doing the bake sale, so I got to open up for Corn and uh, nice. you know, just massive rock groups for you know, 20, 30,000 yeah, yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on stage doing routines on all vinyl. That's fucking like, wild. Yeah, it was insane. And then um, then one day I turned on 94.9 Zeta and it was like reggaeton. Yeah, it just changed. I was like, yo, well, what happened? Mega, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then you know, years later, like I said, Dina Lang hit me up like yo we got this new station we're kicking off we'd love for you to be a part of it so i sent in a demo um doing a lot of like the classic 90s uh, alternative mixed with all the brand new stuff yeah they loved it 
I started that that following weekend, and I've been on the, the shark um, every weekend for like four and a half years now. Super I do dope. a Saturday night. It's called the Shark Remix from ten to twelve, and then I do like a traffic mix on Fridays at six o'clock. Oh, I didn't know you did the. the I I've, I've heard the Saturday one multiple times. I go into gigs. I didn't know you did the the Friday one too. And it's the first time I heard it. I didn't even know it was you. And I was like, yo, man, there's these guys got a DJ like on the <laughs> alternative station. Um, and what's let me add. This is just side note. Um, it's alternative. They play a lot of like indie rock too, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah, I play I play like, like a lot of indie rock, um, some like new disco, some uh, a lot of things can be under that like umbrella yeah. of alternative right, music. Right. So I try to stretch it really far, so I'm not just playing you know like Smashing Pumpkins yeah, over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so and it's definitely like a, a a movement going on with it too, with a lot of the new bands. Okay, where it's like coming back, you know, where a lot of those new bands like back in the day when you loved a band and mm -hmm. you. Know, listen to the whole album and stuff like that and you got a lot of these new bands coming up that are that are really dope that we're working with um so just this r last riptide festival we had the killers and nice. then we also had 1975 open oh shit. for them too you know so some of these new bands have like huge following yeah yeah so, 1975 is pretty big yeah and they've been popping for a while i get a chance to go incorporate the new rock and, and the old stuff and put it all together and like it's it's a challenge for me and that's why i took it on mm -hmm. um uh, like you know anything that's a new challenge like i'm i'm, I'm all over the place man yeah, like, fact. i'll go dj uh, uh you know hip-hop club in new york and then come back home to do a baby shower uh, <laughs> and then freaking you know like I'm just, anything yeah like, i opened up for a florida georgia line concert not too long ago oh, shit. all country so i'm like anything any kind of challenge like i see i'm like down nice. like let me get let me make a new crate and start over my research yeah, yeah. And it keeps it. you on your toes yeah, like exactly. so you don't burn yeah. out of like exactly. doing this i kind of felt the same way um i did a mixes i was doing those mixes for power 96 like on the mix master weekends mm -hmm. and the first time that i did it they sent me the list and i was like yo what the fuck i'm like i didn't know radio i knew radio was strict but i didn't know power is like this song and then this song and i was like and i was like super heated about it i was like fuck man and then i just stopped and i was like wait I don't have to go to my desk job. I don't have a desk job. I don't have to wake up at a certain time. I'm literally mixing other people's music that's going to be heard by thousands and thousands of people. Like, like, what am I complaining about? I'm like, this is part of my job to be challenged. And then I did the mix and I, like, I devoted time and effort into the mix and I accomplished the mix and I felt fulfilled. And it was like, yo, like, don't feel like a challenge is a bad thing. You know, like, it's always, and that's why I love playing rock music. Because, like, to me, rock is the best, especially when it's like, unquantized and you're like mixing and you're like fuck like that's like the fun of djing to me like, yeah for sure like, like when people are that. dancing even if it's not like the music you love yeah you know like when people are dancing you're doing a great job like everything's working out you, it's a vibe like you're doing good yeah. like, you got to be proud of that in mm -hmm. itself so i think we're all a little like addicted to that yeah. as well no fact uh, so we want to get you Keeps know the, the yeah, flame we want to get all the new music all the new stuff you yeah. know whether i'm like a huge fan of it or not you know i there's nothing better than finding like a new song that you're really feeling, you know, because it just it brings a new energy where you want to get other new tracks like that and start right. to work on this whole yeah, new yeah, set. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so that's you it's dope to have that. Um, but yeah, so um, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, the but shark. the shark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so we're playing for the shark. It's it's like I said, it's been like four and a half years. I've I've gotten a chance to to work with so many different people and 
open for so many different groups at, at the Riptide Music Festival and the Undertow. You know, we just did like a Weezer and 311. Yeah. And, um, we did um, uh, Panic at the Disco. I mean, so many. Right. So no, you guys are crushing it. Super crushing um, it. So that's, it's, it's a huge challenge and it's like been a lot of fun. And I've been, like I said, doing that every weekend for, for some time now. Um, just uh, recently um, started DJing for the Miami Marlins. Nice. So me and the squad here, That's right. Fiello and Bounce, uh, we started last season. Shout out to Fiello and Bounce. Yep. Homies, homies, Bounce always working. I always see Fiello out too. The game yeah. too. Right now the season's about to start. Season starts in yeah, yeah. two weeks, two, two, three weeks. Yeah, we got opening day on the 26th, I think. Um, 26th to 27th. So yeah. we're jumping back into our second season now. So me and Bounce... Uh, DJ in the club, right? Um, presented by Dex Imaging, which is like where we, uh, it's kind of behind home plate. We right. and him rotate in there, um, keep like the vibes going all throughout the game. Fiello's out there in the stands, up in the outfield, like yeah. DJing with, yeah, with the crowd. Yeah, DJing, so Fiello's DJing for the park, so people can know, whoever hasn't gone to the games. Fiello DJs to the park, to every to everybody that's there, Yeah, and it's insane. Like the first time I saw him, I was like, whoa. Like he's up there. Yeah, it's dope. He's yeah, got you know super, techniques super up dope. there. Yeah. S nine, the dancers, you know, yeah. a little bit of hosting, and you know, it's 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 all it's a whole package, man. So, um, you know, the Marlins have been like uh, rebranding everything, yeah. and uh, we just got this opportunity. So it's like I said, it's been learning experience, been great, met a lot of cool people. It's another challenge. So we were starting our second season here coming up. Right. Um, I uh, started uh, as soon as the the wharf Fort Lauderdale opened up. Mm -hmm. I did their first night, me and Cardi, nice. and we've been there every Friday since. So I think it's been uh, I don't know, maybe like four or five months now. Yeah, it's been popping. Yeah, it's it's been great, man. It's packed. Um, I, they they really let me like do what I want to do there, yeah. which is nice. Um, they just they let me go and like, you know, I just get to like open read the crowd. super yeah. open format. That's yeah. the best. Yeah, so I have a lot of fun with it. You know, uh, bringing in different guys like Fielo helps me out there a lot of times too. We we go back and forth. Nice. Um, yeah, so that's really dope. Um, I'm also uh, back in a few months back. I uh, jumped into this Battle of the DJs uh, at the Seminole Casino. Right. Um, ended up winning that. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, I saw that. That was that was sponsored by. What was who put that on? Uh, it was uh, 99 Jam. That's, that's right. right. I remember in time. Hits 97.3 and, and a bunch of other uh, sponsors put that all together at the Seminole Casino. So that that was pretty crazy. Like some of my friends were hitting me up on uh, social media, like, "Yo, there's this battle, you got to get in." Mm -hmm. And I started reading about it and looking at it. I'm just like, "Nah, man, this this isn't for me. Like, this is some like." fake you know like just trying to use the clout, culture clout shit like a, a lot of people are like oh we'll do a dj competition well right. you know we'll get tons of people in like it's some new yeah, idea of course. you know and I'm i mean it's like, all you i mean the 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 science of it isn't bad but as a dj we we already know so we're just like yeah no fuck that yeah and i fall for it every time I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> every every time i'm like Swear nah man. i ain't doing that shit and then i do yeah, it the routine, and then you're like, fuck. and then i'll do some like sick shit and like you know some guy who just like played two house songs like wins or something yeah, yeah. just like yo this the guy is, that brought 700 people exactly in, this like, is a popularity like, contest yeah. and like so you know i'm talking to my girl and friends and I'm like yo you got to do this this battle's right around the corner mm -hmm. from your house the grand prize 25 g's jesus freaking gotta do it. yeah i would have done it too is it right around the corner from my crib and you know like and it, it wasn't even about the money it was just like man there's this there's this seems like a 
pretty legit battle. Yeah. Um, it was weird because you had to get like votes to get in it and all this stuff. And honestly, I wouldn't even got in it if it wasn't for my girl, like pretty much like campaigning for me every day on social yeah. media, getting me like Keep votes. Her. Keep her yeah. in there. So, man, so she kind of got me in it. And uh, yeah, man, I got to, it, was, it, was, it was a great night because it was right in my own backyard. I got like all my friends. That was like six months ago, right? Like uh, That was like October. Yeah, I remember. November, I remember seeing like it, yeah. I actually wanted to go and I was working and I was like, fuck. And then I saw you won. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. So I got to really like do my thing yeah. that night. It was set up like freaking like a TV show. Yeah. It was crazy. I saw that, yeah. Um, so won that battle. And um, so that that was good inspiration for me to like jump back in it. Ended up uh, uh, doing this rock and soul battle uh, a month or two after. I got second place with that. Shouts out to Rainer from Japan who won that. Oh, shit. Rainer, wow. Kid, he's like 14 yeah, from yeah, Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DMC world champ. Right. Yeah, kid's crazy. Um, so, uh, and yeah, now I'm actually DJing at that casino. Um, I opened up for Third Eye Blind there not too long ago. Nice. Oh, yeah, I saw that too. Another, yeah. another, another gig I wanted to go and I missed. <laughs> yeah, they bring me in to open up for a lot of like major acts and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and then sometimes just to play in the casino uh, floor sometimes. So, so that's been like a new gig of mine too. It's great because it's right around the corner from my house. That's the best. Yeah, and and I bet you they serve food too. Oh yeah, that's how he's bro. <laughs> food, food gigs and, and we were we were talking about that on the way here. Like anything close to your gig, like remotely, I mean remotely close to your house or like, and then there's food and it's like all that to me is the, the, when the older you get that's those that's are like the plus you take into yeah. account when you i don't care about the bottle anymore i don't care about the girls <laughs> walking in the booth yo there's food there's water yo if there's a fatigue mat oh my god bro <laughs> fatigue fatigue mat, mat on the uh, on you the know, booth i'm happy dog we got one of those at the wharf yeah, yeah. The oh <laughs> yeah the miami one we got one too yeah yeah, miami, oh, miami. One too. yeah I, I play at american social brickle man that truffle pizza forget oh that. Fine. Fine. Yo, that's right like that's what keeps me playing yeah <laughs> Every no bro, joke. we always send each other like food spots and like, like the equipment, and, and you also have to know what to eat. Obviously, like yeah. no chicken wings, nothing with your hands. Like, oh yeah, I've mastered like the eating gig. Yeah. It's the older we get. Yeah, messy and shit. You don't want to be DJing Nothing. when you got all uh, that shit. Especially the now, especially now with the corona. Oof. Oh man, we don't want to get into well, that. Well, you want to plug your socials? What's the best way for people to to reach out? Um, just um, yeah, my Instagram at DJ Immortal three hundred five. Um, like I said, you could check me every weekend on the Shark, Fridays at 6, and Saturday nights from 10 to 12. Um, I'm at the Wharf, Fort Lauderdale, every Friday night. Me and Cardi, I start at 9, go 9 to 3 every Friday. And then, you know, I bounce around. Like I said, I, I'm at Blackbird sometimes, uh, American Social Brickle, uh, Margaritaville, Hollywood Beach, the Casino in Coconut Creek. Um, and yeah, yeah, just jumping Busy. around. I'll be at a lot Busy. of Marlins games this season. Yeah, there you go. So do it all, bro. Too. You do it all. Yeah, man. A couple baby showers in there. <laughs> just all over the place. Cuts man. The check. I'm just yeah, I like to just jump around, keep it fresh. Um, working on some some new routines right now too, trying to jump back in a few battles too. Just keep me sharp. And uh yeah, man. Dude, thank you so much for, for joining us, for being for, for well, opening us. the doors. Opening the doors and to scratch uh, for us. Yeah, we appreciate uh, you having us and appreciate what you what you do what you for do, man. for yeah, the community, for the DJ community right. in Miami and Miami, South Florida in general. Yeah, Miami, Miami. You're like a good backbone for because I see a lot of people. I see a lot of kids that I've met. Kids that are like, oh, I you know I went through scratch. I did this and that. Yeah, and we were joking, but I I hope like a lot of DJs do like you take know, this course. Think about that it. final course. A lot the of DJs need to take the <laughs> the. We need to do a DJ etiquette course. Uh, yeah right. <laughs> right. 
And we talk, we talk about a lot of the stuff through the program, like real DJ shit that you go through, you know, uh, taking requests and dealing with like promoters and all the shit that you may not see of people talking That's about amazing. on social media. That's it's it's like, it's like the real business. Yeah. Um, so we, we go over a lot of that. So it's, it's really helpful for these, these guys that are putting themselves out there for the first time. And, uh, scratch MIA, right? On Instagram. Yep. Scratch, scratch MIA. Scratch MIA on Instagram. And then, um. Yeah. And Immortal 305. So. Immortal 3, DJ Immortal 305. DJ Immortal 305. Yeah. DJ Immortal.com. You know, got got some of my gigs up there. I need to update that a little bit, though. I, I, <laughs> the, how, how relevant is the website? Just I mean, redirect it to your Instagram. Instagram. Right? Yeah, yeah, I think right. that's what a lot of people do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one link. Yeah. Tree. Well, I have a, I had a, I, call, I mean, I had a, a landing page before the link tree. Yeah. And I still have it. So. But, yeah, probably right. just the social media, man. I got some new videos I'm about to drop here pretty soon. Nice. Um, always have new events popping up that I, I promote on social media, trying to, one of my goals this year is to really try to do a little bit better with my marketing and promotion and, and social media and stuff. Yeah. I've never been like, that's never been one that's of my a strong full time job by itself now. Yeah. Like pretty much. I never been one of my strong suits, like doing that. So I'm trying to like do a better job of that, letting people know like where I'm at. So it's something I need to do yeah. for sure. Yeah, you could yeah. post this up for sure. In fact, though, <laughs> we'll send you the teasers. To and post. we can, uh, we're definitely going to feature post the mix. mix. Yes. Uh, yeah, really yeah. want to do mix. that. For sure. Yeah, I, I I actually, we're going to hear it on the way back right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. I'm not kidding. Let's do it. Fact. Yo, All thank right, you, man. brother, so much. Am I ready? We out. We out. All right.